0: It's a whole new week of y'all talk with a darn Southern accent and a very proud Southern accent. I'm your host, John Raw. We are so good you could tune us in here on this Monday edition. We've got all kind of Monday goodness coming your way. Later this hour, we'll have our y'all street business report. You don't want to miss some good business news coming from the Southland that we'll share with you. Later this hour, we'll have hashtag Hobaloo. We've got some fun stuff to share with you. You're going to want to make sure you stick around for that. In Hour 2, we'll have our weekend review of sports. We had history made at Augusta National, the first women's amateur held there. Speaking of women, over the weekend we had the national championship for women's college basketball, and we say go Bears. We'll tell you what that is when we get to Hour 2 of today's y'all show plus an hour or two in our sports recap we'll preview tonight's ncaa national championship between the who's virginia takes on the red raiders of texas tech in minneapolis We'll give you the latest on that matchup. Plus, we've got a look ahead for golf news, NASCAR news, and a look at the association. This is the final week this week of NBA basketball. We've got some teams from the South that are trying their darndest to make it to the postseason. So we'll have all that at the start of hour two. Then we'll move on in hour two to Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola, And he'll be on with his short stories feature. And we'll have some good times talking about history and much, much more. That's coming up all in hour two. If you want to reach us here on Y'all, it's so easy. Our website is y'all.com. And you can find us on our telephone number that you can call or text anytime. That number is 803-816-1170. 803-816-1170. We'd love from, to hear from you. want to remind you, our Twitter and Instagram account is at Y'all show. Now, coming up tomorrow on Y'all, we're going to have our political report for the South, and we'll welcome in a very special guest, Antoine Seawright. He is a Democratic strategist, and he'll be joining us from Columbia, South Carolina, where he's working close with the Democratic contenders for president in 2020. And he'll be coming on to talk about that, plus what else is going on in the South from a blue side of things. Antoine Seawright, you probably have seen him on national television. He appears on CBS often. And he will be on with us on Tuesday's y'all show. Plus, later in the week, we'll have our master's preview from Jason Nall. And Jason will also appear on Friday to give us a report from round one at Augusta National. It's master's week across the South, and we're excited to share all that right here on the show that's all about the South. We start our headlines today from the South in the state of South Carolina And sadly, on Saturday, we lost longtime U.S. Senator for South Carolina and a former governor of the Palmetto State as Senator Ernest Fritz Hollings of South Carolina died at the age of 97. Now, he had been in the Senate for decades. He retired in 2005, but he served for, I think, 38 years and two months, making him the eighth longest serving senator in American history, Ernest Hollings. And he died at the Isle of Palms, that's where his house is, that's in the Charleston area, after a long career that saw him go to Washington, serve as the governor of South Carolina, elected in 1959, and he served until 1963, and even ran for president back in the 1980s. You might remember the name Fritz Hollings, a Democrat, of course represented South Carolina for a long, long time, and he died over the weekend at age 97 in a World War II veteran And a southern man who had an incredible voice. And speaking to that voice, when we get to hour two with the teller of tales from Takapola, we're going to actually let you hear a little bit of Senator Hollings' unbelievable Charleston accent. And we'll have that. I'm going to talk to Jerry about eh, kind of the dialects that we have right here in the south. Even though you might be a southerner just like me. There's people in the South that you might have a, a, a kind of an envy of their accent. They have a little bit better Southern accent than you might have. Or maybe you've got one of those accents, and you think people like me are a bunch of rednecks. Well, that's fine. That's, that's that's okay. But I was envious of Ernest Holling's accent. He had an awesome voice. And I'll play a little bit of that when we get to Jerry Short in Hour 2, so you don't want to miss that. But again, we remember the long career and life of a Southerner, the longtime senator and governor from South Carolina— Ernest F. Hollings, Fritz Hollings, who died at the age of 97. Another death in Southern politics. The longtime Speaker of the House from Maryland, Michael Bush, has died at the age of 72. He was a Democrat who became Speaker in 2003. He developed pneumonia after a follow-up procedure to a 2017 liver transplant after being diagnosed with non-alcoholic steatohepatitis or something like that which is a liver disease. He also had a heart bypass surgery, and he has died, and he was the longest-serving Maryland House Speaker in the state's history, dying at the age of 72. That from the state of Maryland, Michael Bush, B-U-S-C-H is how he spelled his last name. From Corpus Christi, Texas, a woman there is accused of selling her 7-year-old son and planning to sell her two other children to help settle a drug debt And now this woman who we reported when this broke a couple of months ago, this Texas woman has been sentenced to six years in prison. Esmeraldo Garza of Corpus Christi was sentenced on Friday after taking a plea deal. As she was convicted on three counts of selling or purchasing a child. She was also convicted of money laundering and conspiracy to sell or purchase a child. So she'll be going off to jail for several years. And a lot of you listening right now might say, this woman should never get out of jail, but the woman there at Corpus Christi, off for that ter- terrible gesture there. Missing in America Project buries 42 unclaimed veterans in Texas and in Florida. And this is where these veterans, their remains had been cremated but had not been buried for decades. In one case, 45 years. But on Friday and Saturday at two cemeteries in Texas and Florida, burial ceremonies were held with full military honors And this was organized by the nonprofit Missing in America Project and providing a fitted final tribute to those who may have died unclaimed by next of kin, but who were still being remembered for their service to their country. And they had events at Sam Houston National Cemetery in San Antonio where 17 veterans whose cremated remains were buried there and also in Florida. But I had not heard of this organization they also had in Florida a burial at South Florida National Cemetery near Lake Worth. That's where 24 men and one woman who served in the Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines during World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and more were all laid in their final burial place there. That uh, What a, a nice feat there by this organization, Missing in America Project, and their nice deal in both Texas and Florida this past weekend. To the world of politics we go. And they say that politics is sometimes like a. It can get really ugly. It can get so darn ugly. It's it's kind of like a football game. It can get so darn ugly. It, it's kind of like Alabama and Auburn, Iron Bowl football. It can get that way sometimes. Well, guy, lay reality check in the yellowhammer state. <laughs> this is not a joke. This is not a late April Fool's joke. Former Ole Miss, former Texas Tech, former Cincinnati Bearcat, former Auburn football coach. Tommy Turberville has announced that he's running for U.S. Senator in the state of Alabama. He made the announcement on Twitter. He says he will seek the Republican nomination for the seat held currently by Doug Jones, who is running for reelection. And Tuberville tweeted, after more than a year of listening to Alabama's citizens, I have heard your concerns and hopes for a better tomorrow. I am humbled to announce the next step. I will be a GOP candidate for u.s senate and it's got a nice little graphic up tommy turboville u.s senate now this is a guy who's a native of arkansas and has lived in mississippi and texas in fact i think he's been living in florida on the panhandle so he's not even a an alabama resident unless something has changed and i'm not aware of i know he was hosting some kind of radio show and his profile i believe said he lived in santa rosa beach florida but i guess he doesn't have to move all that far about 30 miles up the road, and he'll be in lower Alabama. But he's running for U.S. Senate Tommy Tuberville, running in the state of Alabama. Do you think Alabama fans would actually vote for Tommy Tuberville, even if they were diehard Republicans? I mean, if if you hate Auburn that much, would you vote for Tommy Tuberville? (laughs) A big dilemma coming to those in Alabama, at least on the GOP side, as this race heats up in the year 2020 a guy running for governor in mississippi also a gop candidate says his truck was burglarized while at a campaign event and state representative robert foster who's from hernando and kind of a mid-30s guy kind of a young guy running for governor this year the, the election in mississippi is in 2019 and he says someone broke into his truck while and, and stole campaign files while he was at a political event and he he is seeking the nomination for a governor in mississippi after phil bryant steps aside term limited out and foster is running against lieutenant governor tate reeves and the former state supreme court justice bill waller jr and this break-in happened on saturday foster says he was attending a college republican event at a state party's downtown jackson mississippi headquarters and had parked his chevrolet silverado on the street near the entrance He says he emerged to find a window shattered and a laptop computer, computer memory sticks, and other items gone. He reported the break-in to Jackson, Mississippi's police department. But I don't know if this was a dirty political trick. Is it Whitewater in Jackson, Mississippi? I'm not sure. But this guy, State Representative Robert Foster of Hernando in North Mississippi, running for governor. Kind of a shining young face there in Mississippi. Getting his car. Not his car. What am I talking about? you're going to be running for governor of mississippi you got to have a truck and that's what he had a chevrolet silverado broken into over the weekend hopefully he'll get that back and hopefully the, the russians aren't the one doing do you think the russians would meddle in mississippi politics yeah maybe how about politics from arkansas sorta this is a crazy story trump tonic it's an orange flavored vodka and it's being made inside an old post office in newport arkansas And it could be coming to a store shelf near you. J. Ross Jones helps make this. He's one of the owners at Postmaster Spirits and Craft Distillery. And that's a new operation that bottles liquor next to what used to be a mailroom in Newport, Arkansas. And Postmaster Spirits received its first order from a distributor on Friday asking for more than 100 cases of Trump Tonic, which is also called Triumph Tonic, depending on how you want to say it. And I'm looking at it. It kind of has an orangey kind of look with a Trump-inspired logo on it. So if you want to get drunk on Trump-inspired vodka, this has nothing to do with the actual Trump family, has nothing to do with the president. You can get drunk on Trump all you want. Half pints of Trump tonic sell for $2.99 each. And the products are being sold in Arkansas right now. But Jones hopes to eventually reach a national consumer base. Something tells me people in the non-Trump states probably don't want a whole lot of the Trump tonic out there. It's an orange-flavored vodka. Kind of like we got orange vanilla Coke. We've got an orange-flavored Trump tonic now for all you vodka drinkers out there. (laughs) And speaking of commanders-in-chief, the U.S. Postal Service announced over the weekend that on June 12th, They will release the new George H.W. Bush Presidential Library and Museum stamp, and that'll be out. It's a forever stamp. It's a commemorative stamp with the president's, what was he, the 41st president of the U.S., a nice portrait of him on this stamp. George H.W. Bush honored with a forever stamp, a nice illustration, I guess it was. It's from a photo taken in 1997 is the inspiration behind this stamp that will be out again on george hw bush's birthday june 12th so you can load up all your bills with bush stamps if you would like a crazy story coming from florida a 63 year old person there has died after allegedly being punched by a mexican soap opera star during a road rage incident and this happened just around the miami area 32-year-old telenovela star Pablo Lyle was arrested on a felony battery charge and posted a $5,000 bond and was allowed to travel back to Mexico. He's accused of punching Juan Ricardo Hernandez, a 63-year-old man who then fell and suffered a brain injury and died after that. But again, this telenovela star, star from Mexico arrested on a felony battery charge in Miami-Dade County, Florida. I don't know if y'all watch any of those telenovelas out there. Uh, some of them look pretty pretty badly produced, in my opinion. A pregnant mother is facing disorderly conduct charges in Georgia for allowing her three-year-old son to relieve himself in public. Brooke Johns's Tyler Cern alerted his mother he needed to use the restroom last week. The two barely, barely made it to a gas station before she realized he wasn't going to make it inside, so... Since she was unable to carry the baby due to just being weeks from giving birth, she said she did what she thought was the next best thing and let him urinate in the parking lot. But Richmond County, Georgia, sheriff's deputies got involved, and they cited her because of this. But, yes, letting her toddler urinate in public, evidently not something that this is not going to go over well in Augusta, Georgia, not even during the week of the master's. The Lake County, Florida Sheriff's Department is having a backtrack over the naming of a cute little bloodhound that just joined the force. They named the bloodhound last week Rommel after World War II General Erwin Rommel from Germany, who was the Desert Fox. And now they've had to reassign a name to this after a lot of people complained that they named after a Nazi, although Rommel actually died because he tried to lead a plot to have Hitler killed. And Lake County's newest bloodhound is a liver-colored bloodhound. And they had to go back and rename Rommel to Scout. That's the new name. So we wish the former dog known as Rommel, now known as Scout, a good job and many, many years of service to Lake County, Florida, and the sheriff's office there. More canine news from law enforcement. A, a canine in Tennessee Has bitten and brought down a carjacking suspect. And this is Nash, who is the canine partner of Officer D. Williams in Knoxville. This canine is being now held as a hero after he helped stop a suspect bolting from a stolen vehicle. And Nash, love the name. He ended up biting one of the suspects who'd been running away from law enforcement. And took him to the ground, and the suspect allegedly had stolen the car during an armed South Knoxville carjacking last week. Good job, Nash, even though you're in Knox County. I wonder if they got a dog named Knox in Nashville. Would make sense. And finally, a man in Florida was rearrested within minutes after he was released from jail for burglarizing cars in the jail's parking lot. This happened in Port St. Lucie, Florida. The St. Lucie County Sheriff's Office says that 37-year-old Casey Lewis was bonded out of jail Thursday of last week, only to be caught by deputies burglarizing several cars outside the jail. What a knucklehead. (laughs) Yeah, you can't. uh, 37-year-old Casey Lewis going back to jail even though he just got out. What, What a knucklehead. What a moron. Oh, my goodness. Tell me he can't be from the South. There's no way. We've got more good stuff coming up after the break. We'll turn our attention to the Y'all Street Business Report. we got some darn good business news to share. That's up next. Stay with us.
1: give you a $50 amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time to check your loan options and to get this special radio offer go to avant.com today and enter promo code 6565 when applying that's avant.com promo code 6565 avant.com code 6565 and caller number
3: nine for one million dollars rita complete this quote life is like a box of
4: oh i know this one
3: Uh, you're cutting out, Rita. We need your answer.
5: Uh, oh my goodness. Life is like a box of chocolate.
3: Oh, sorry. That's not what we were looking for. On to caller number 10.
6: Bad network got you glitched out of luck? Switch to Boost Mobile, super reliable, super fast nationwide network, and get four lines, each with unlimited gigs for just $100 a month. Plus, get four free phones. Boost makes it easy to switch, switching makes it
7: easy to save.
4: Offer ends four fifteen nineteen. First lines one hundred dollars a month. Lines two to four free. Requires one line to port in. Video streams at up to four eighty p plus. Music at up to five hundred kilobits per second. Gaming at up to two megabits per second. Data prioritization during congestion. Free phones require port in. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restricted supply. See dealer for details.
7: Adopt U.S. Kids presents: What to Expect When You're Expecting a Teenager, Learning the Lingo.
8: Today, I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying, that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying, totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case.
7: You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad, just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council.
9: Get ready, set, go
0: Gonna take it to the crystal
10: and a picture show Well, the sky's the limit There's no price too high Baby,
9: you're the apple of my eye Got my paycheck in my pocket
3: And some gas in the tank Honey, your love's better than money in the
5: bank
0: Continuing on here on this Monday edition, welcome back. This is Y'all with John Rawl, and it's time now for our Southern Business Report. We call it the Y'all Street Business Report, where we look at what's going on business-wise across the South, and maybe you're out there making plenty of moolah. We want to spotlight you here on the Y'all Show, and maybe you have an idea to make moolah. We're all about the South, including our business folks, so kudos to all y'all. We start our headlines of business news from Savannah, Georgia, and an airline is going to establish a new operations base at the savannah airport allegiant travel company is investing 50 million dollars in the project at savannah hilton head international airport where two airbus aircraft will be housed for the airline which began operating in savannah in 2015 savannah will become the airline's 17th aircraft base and that will allow Allegiant to expand its service to and from the city and possibly offer more nonstop routes in the future. Allegiant currently carries more than 240,000 annual passengers through Savannah. It is a Las Vegas-based airline, and it plans to begin its Savannah operations on D-Day June 6th. The governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, says he's excited that Allegiant will grow its presence in Georgia, and the company says its growth plans include creating at least 66 new high wage jobs to the coastal empire of savannah and coastal georgia so good news there allegiant making a bigger presence in savannah To South Carolina slash Louisiana, we go for this next story, as a publisher of books from the Palmetto State has now bought into a longtime book publisher from New Orleans called Pelican Publishing, and i got to give Pelican a lot of credit. They've done a yeoman's job for decades of putting out really good books that are generally all Southern in nature. A lot, of course, are from Louisiana, but boy, they've given a lot of publishers an opportunity, a lot of authors... A great opportunity to have books. A lot of them would be more from an academic setting, but very good stuff from small books, children's books. I think they've done some cookbooks, but a lot of photo type books, Pelican Publishing. Just Google them. They have had a wide variety of books throughout the decades. And now a company called Arcadia Publishing and History Press of Charleston. They've bought a significant majority of Pelican Publishing's assets in a deal that will close in May, the spokesperson for Arcadia said in an email last week that Arcadia plans to maintain a publishing presence in New Orleans and is working with Pelican to determine what that will look like. And we're not sure what all is involved with the details of this, but Pelican Publishing was founded in 1926, and it has a catalog of more than 2,000 titles. Arcadia was founded in the 1990s and has more than 14,000 local titles and i think i know what arcadia is in fact they're pretty easy to spot they have had kind of a formula of doing very localized books that usually all have the same looking cover it's kind of that brown sepia tone cover the font is usually always the same and they go into an area they get a lot of old pictures and they put a little bit of text not a lot and that's their formula. And I can't believe they've done this well, but I give, they put out 14,000 local titles since being founded in the 1990s. That's a lot of books. I told you that Pelican started in 1926. They're almost a century old, and they've only put out 2,000 titles in a century. Come on, Pelican. You're going to step up your game. Just kidding. Pelican does really thick books. I would call them books books. I would call what Arcadia has done, if I'm if I'm not mistaken here. So don't come sue me, Arcadia. A lot of their books are not going to win an awards for incredible authors and incredible writing. They just kind of get something out there. But hey, it's better to get something out there than have absolutely nothing. And that's the case with a lot of our history. We have people who have incredible stories that the books or the the, the idea that they have or what they can relate is never passed on because it wasn't put down in a book form when you have a subject and you don't write about it and that person dies or if you're trying to trace it back and go in history and the material there is just not there that is completely useless i've got a guy who i know who actually wrote something for arcadia a good friend of mine and his book is fantastic I mean, he, he put a lot of research in his Arcadia book, so I, I got to give him a shout out. Stephen Enzweiler, Oxford in the Civil War. Really good book. There's another guy I know who's literally been researching Oxford in the Civil War for decades. And if you want to go to a bar and have a trivia contest, I'll take the guy who's been working on it for 20-something years. But here's the problem. The guy that's been working on it for 20-something years has never actually written one sentence. He says he's working on something. I don't know if he'll ever write anything. So let that be an inspiration to you, my friends, and even to me. There's stuff I need to be putting in book form that I have not done. I keep saying I'm working on it. I haven't worked on it that hard. In fact, my first book I think I'm going to come out with is actually not even really a book. I have this crazy thing I've been doing for years. I hear words on television or reading newspapers or magazines not complex newspapers or magazines or complex television shows i don't i'm not trying to find words in very detailed scientific areas i'm looking for people who might be talking on cnn or on any kind of sports show or whatever and i've been collecting these words and i'm up to almost 800 now of what i call fancy words these are words that I think I'm fairly smart, and these are words that I'm not 100% sure what they really mean, but I, in most cases, have maybe seen or heard them, but but I don't really know. And honestly, some of them I really had never heard until I had to go look it up. So I've been collecting them, and I'm going to turn that into a book, and I think it'll be pretty cool. In fact, I'm going to get my friend that wrote a book for Arcadia to help me with the illustrations of some of these fancy words i think it'll be a pretty good book y'all think so hit me up let me know if you think it would be good and i'll go ahead and sell you an advanced copy <laughs> fancy words from y'all but yeah congratulations there to arcadia and their success looks like they're going to be purchasing pelican publishing from new orleans and enough of my fancy words for the day the nation's largest public utility is going to have a new leader in Knoxville, Tennessee. It was reported that Jeffrey Lyish will take over as president and CEO of the TVA, Tennessee Valley Authority. And he comes to TVA from a Canadian public utility called Ontario Power Generation Incorporated. And the filings say he will initially get a base pay of nine hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year. Not bad. Not quite as good as a college football coach, but still pretty good payday with a possible annual incentive of nearly $1.4 million. And this is the guy that's going to be working for the federal government. So isn't it a little bit weird that the head of TVA makes more than twice the pay of the president of the United States and a lot more than a U.S. senator or congressperson? Lias replaces Bill Johnson, who's taking over as president and CEO of the San Francisco-based PG&E later this month. A lot of y'all are in TVA areas. TVA serves more than 10 million customers in seven states, and they'll have a new commander-in-chief coming from jolly old Canada here real soon. More business news in East Tennessee, and we'll take it up to Tri-Cities. That would be Kingsport, Bristol, and Johnson City. And PALS. Have y'all ever been to a PALS? I think I have. Uh, Very distinctive Location there in the Tri-Cities. They, they don't hide on their signage. They have gigantic letters on the side of the building. Pows is in a national competition to be named Best Fast Food Chain. And this is being done by USA Today. And they're competing with other regional chains in a search for the 10 best regional fast food chains in the nation. And people 18 years old and over can go online and vote at USA Today. Voting ends this week. And the winners will be announced on April 19th. So if you're listening to us in Bristol and Johnson City and also Kingsport, perhaps you're maybe they even have a location around Morristown or over in Abington, Virginia, in that area of the Tri-Cities on the twin states of Virginia and Tennessee. If you're a lover of Powell's, go online, vote, vote, vote hope you win good luck and pals i'd love to try out your burgers looks good at least the gigantic size burger and hot dog and fries that i see on the side of your building literally they have gigantic shake fries and hot dog at least on one of their locations in the tri-cities again they don't hold back they're all about promoting and let people know just who the heck they are pal Well, that is our Y'all Street Business Report. Hope you enjoyed that. When we come back, we'll wrap up this hour with hashtag hullabaloo. And we've got some listener feedback that I'm going to share, and this listener kind of picked on me. And I'll tell you what that is when we return after this break.
7: Want to shoot some hoops?
10: In a bit, buddy. I promise.
6: Allegra knows that allergy symptoms can get in the way of enjoying the moment.
7: I'll just play by myself.
6: For outdoor and indoor allergies, get Allegra. It's the fastest non-drowsy allergy relief. It starts working in one hour, helping you break through your worst allergy symptoms with continuous 24-hour relief.
7: Yes!
9: Great shot,
7: buddy. Let's play another game. You're on, Dad. Get
6: Allegra and get back to the moment. Among single-ingredient OTC-branded oral antihistamines. Use as directed.
5: You're catering a wedding, and the bride says,
7: Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events.
5: Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 7474 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 7474
1: give you a $50 amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time to check your loan options and to get this special radio offer go to avant.com today and enter promo code 6565 when applying that's avant.com promo code 6565 avant.com code 6565
2: it only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes and you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org but you're probably not going to nope I'm sure you've got a perfectly good excuse. Kids, work, (laughs) I get it, you're busy. So what better time than now? Let's begin. Raise one finger if you're a man. Ladies, none yet. Oh, count in your head if you're driving. Now, three more fingers for everyone over 60, two over 50, one over 40. One more if you're not physically active. Another finger if anyone in your family has type two diabetes. Another if you've got high blood pressure. If you're overweight, raise another finger. Two, if you're very overweight. And three, if you're really overweight. You've just taken the world's first audio pre-diabetes test. And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse because pre-diabetes can be reversed.
5: Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness
7: partners. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up... I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy squash. I want to be a bike that races around the country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest trail.
4: Boom, mm-hmm.
0: Well, if you're hoping to tune in a couple of hours of great talk about the Southeast, well, you are in luck. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. I'm John Rawl. Our number, 803-816-1170. You can call that number. You can text that number any old time you feel like it. We want to hear from y'all. In fact, we got a text in that I have got to get to you and, and thank our listener, for correcting me or trying to tell me some things here on the y'all show that would be beneficial to all y'all on friday's y'all show and hashtag hullabaloo i was mentioning something about our various forms of southern music we love our country music we love our bluegrass music we love our gospel music southern gospel and we have these other forms of music in the south that we want to try to get to here on the y'all show and I failed to mention, even though I think I mentioned Cajun music, but I want to thank the listener who texts us on the Y'all Show. They they called 803-816-1170, and they texted that number, 803-816-1170. And here's what the listener, who I don't have the name, they didn't give me the name, they just, he or she, put this message out there, and we want to thank them for that. They wrote, you claim to play all Southern music, but you didn't mention Zydeco music. Very Southern Louisiana check it out well listener i apologize we did not give zydeco music its proper salute and we will do that we will include zydeco along with cajun and other strains of southern music in fact there's a strain of music that's the official music from my native state that some of you may have may never have heard of and i need to play some of those songs here on the y'all show it's called beach music and uh We need to give beach music, especially as we get closer to the summer. So no matter where you're from in the South, you probably have more forms of music that might be a little bit more popular, whether it's jazz. It could be a various form of gospel music. Uh, I know they do some very unique things in rural southern areas and sacred harp singing. That's something that's very unusual in the South that I need to do a feature on so we're trying to get to it all but listener thank you for letting us know about zydeco music and we'll do our best to give zydeco a proper spin here on the all southern show now into hashtag Huddle blue here on this monday our first tweet comes from hoytster h-o-y-t-s-t-e-r-r and their profile says i collect garden gnomes and practice ventriloquism with my 10 cats Ten cats. Could you imagine having ten cats? Well, Hoister has that. Now, they wrote on Twitter this week, simply Southern Sunday. Hashtag beans. Hashtag southern. Oh, yes. Now, I don't know if you had butter beans or just some other type of bean. But, yeah, beans in the south. Yeah, we like our beans. And I guess your cats like your beans there hoitster we appreciate you sharing that chris Pepple is on twitter at chris p e p p l e 16 writer speaker teacher mom editor pronouns she slash her okay and chris writes on twitter rainy days and writing go together i hear my dogs lightly breathing behind me as they sleep cars outside splash through puddles as they pass my house Sweet iced tea in my mugs keep my southern taste buds satisfied as I quench my thirst to fill these pages with words. So there you have it. She's got to have a a rainy day, and she pulls out her pen or perhaps her laptop, and she starts just pecking away at that computer, writing all kind of good prose here. Chris Pepple, appreciate that. Rainy days and writing go together. Got her dogs breathing behind her. The cars splashing puddles as they pass her house. And got that sweet iced tea in her mug, keeping it Southern. We appreciate you sharing that. Hey, let us know when you get finished with that novel or whatever the heck you're writing there, Chris Pepple. Country Workshops on Twitter, at Country, w o w o r k s h p, And they identify as a gentleman and Southern Belle live here, would sign Southern sayings from the South. So they're in that business of making those Southern signs. And y'all have probably seen these things all over the place. I guess it's so easy to make signs now. A lot of people are in the Southern sign business. We should have had this maybe in our Southern business spotlight. But hey, here's what their sign that caught my attention is. And I want to share it with you. And from Country Workshop, their sign says, A real Southern gentleman lives here with his Southern belle. (laughs) A real southern gentleman lives here with his southern bell. Now maybe you're in a household just like that. You've got a southern gentleman and a southern bell all living happily ever after in a nice home somewhere in the south. That's, that's what we like to share with you here on hashtag hullabaloo. Up next is a tweet from Stephen at Fair to Midland. Love that. That might be my best Twitter handle I have ever seen here on the Y'all Show at F A I R the number two. M I D D L I N Fair to Midland, <laughs> and their tweet says, "1960s Central Florida, you could buy a small paper bag of boiled peanuts that were served from a large pot from behind the counter at the local grocer." Hashtag Southern. Well, Stephen at Fair to Midland, I can't, I can't fight you. I don't know. I wasn't in 1960s Central Florida. And the pre-Disney World days there, but I know one thing. I don't know if you can find it there now, anywhere. Boiled peanuts, that is. But I was just in Daytona the other day, and I worked my way through Lake City. I didn't see any boiled peanut signs on the roads I was traveling, but I can promise you, Stephen, if you've got a little extra tank in your gas and you're in Florida, specifically Central Florida. Head on up north and cross that line into the Empire State of the South. And when you get to Valdosta and you get above Valdosta, you go to Adel and places north there like Tifton, you will find boiled peanut places and pecan places all over the place. So if you can just get get out there and see the beautiful countryside of North Florida and South Georgia, plenty of boiled peanut choices and golly. Do boiled peanuts ever go out of style? No matter what time of day or, or year, boiled peanuts are just one of the greatest traditions in the South. And if you haven't had a boiled peanut lately, do you a favor. Whether you're in Central Florida or you're in Central Arkansas, for goodness sake, go find you some boiled peanuts, preferably in a small paper bag. Those are always the best. All right, final tweet today comes from Justin Cook. At J-U-C-O-O-K-15. And his profile has that darn Alabama Crimson Tide logo. It says, rolling like the tide. Roll tide to you, Justin. And, by the way, I guess you're happy Auburn lost in basketball on Saturday. Justin writes on Twitter, speaking of sports, he writes, and it's hashtag Masters Week. Life doesn't get much better. Justin, you are so right. In fact, speaking of Alabama and golf and the name justin don't forget justin thomas will be competing for the masters title here this week and he is a darn good golfer a native of the louisville kentucky area but played collegiately at the capstone and justin you might be wanting to root for justin thomas there this week, it's Masters Week, and we want to remind you all of y'all here on the Y'all Show, we'll have Jason Knoll join us on Thursday and Friday this week. He'll have his complete Masters preview on Thursday's Y'all Show. And then on Friday, Jason will be able to recap what happened on the opening day Thursday. He'll be able to share that on Friday's Y'all Show. So we got your Masters coverage coming big time on this week's y'all show and we appreciate all of our hashtag hullabaloo fun here on this master's week monday when we come back an hour or two don't you go anywhere we're going to have plenty of good stuff we'll start out the hour with a look back at the weekend in sports we've got a new national champion in women's college basketball and we'll also tell you about tonight's big college basketball game for the men it's texas tech and virginia going after it plus an update on the nba and we'll give you the latest in golf and nascar news all that at the start of hour two plus jerry short the teller of tales from Tacapola will be dropping by too this is y'all
3: And caller number nine for one million dollars. Rita, complete this quote. Life is like a box of...
8: Oh, I know this one.
3: Chocolates. Uh, you're cutting out, Rita. We need your answer.
5: Uh, oh my goodness. Life is like a box
3: of uh... Oh, sorry. That's not what we were looking for. On to caller number ten.
6: Bad network got you glitched out of luck? Switch to Boost Mobile's super-reliable, super-fast nationwide network and get four lines, each with unlimited gigs, for just $100 a month. Plus, get four free phones. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes
7: it easy to save.
4: Offer ends 19 nineteen. First lines one hundred dollars a month. Lines two to four free. Requires one line to port in. Video streams at up to four eighty p plus. Music up to five hundred kilobits per second. Gaming it up to two megabits per second. Data prioritization during congestion. Free phones require port in. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restricted supply. See dealer for details.
10: Allergy sufferers, my name's Nigel. As a wise and educated owl, I know the difference between what's wise and unwise. Suffering needlessly with allergy symptoms? Unwise. Getting a free 10-day sample of Zizol? Quite wise. Zizol is the allergy medicine that's just as effective at hour 24 as at hour 1, which makes getting a free 10-day sample one of the wisest things you can do. So don't be unwise. Be wise all and visit Zizol.com for your free sample today. Users directed. You're catering a wedding, and the bride says,
7: Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events.
5: Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 7474 at checkout. That's vistaprint.com, promo code 7474.
2: And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse because pre-diabetes can be
4: reversed.
5: Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners.
0: Continuing on with y'all talk with a Southern accent. We're back for another exciting hour in just a few minutes here on the all Southern program. Jerry Short will be dropping by the teller of tales from Takapola. You don't want to miss our fun as we talk tales of yesteryear and what else is going on in Takapola, all that's coming up in just a few minutes here on this all-Southern program. We start out this hour with a look back at the weekend in sports, and congratulations to the Baylor Bears. They won the Women's College Basketball Championship last night, defeating Notre Dame 82-81. to This win, despite their star player, Lauren Cox, who was wheeled off, the court after injuring her left leg in the game. And Baylor was able to hang on and how about the record Baylor amassed this year? 37 and 1 and they are your national champs, the third title for coach Mulkey and the Baylor Bears winning in Tampa Bay last night. And now will another Big 12 team win the men's college basketball championship tonight? Well, that is what's at stake as the Red Raiders of Texas Tech face off against the Virginia Cavaliers. This game set to tip off at 9.20 Eastern from U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. And uh, over the weekend, Texas Tech was able to dispatch Michigan State in the late game Saturday. By 10 points, Texas Tech defeated the Spartans. And then Virginia, in a controversial ending, they were able to defeat Auburn. And golly, I feel sorry for Auburn. War Eagle, you had a great season. And just like I know they can't say it, but I'm sure most of the Auburn faithful are pretty darn peeved at what happened at the end of that game where they blew a, a lead and then they had a double dribble not called on the court that Auburn should have been able to get the ball back. And then Virginia, their player got fouled Right and I think with less than a second left and he went to the free throw line and sank all three free throws and gave Virginia the victory in a heartbreaking form for Bruce Pearl's team. Auburn's season comes to an end. But we don't want to take anything away from Virginia. Hey, Virginia would not have even been in the game if Auburn hadn't missed a crucial free throw in the final minute that could have extended the lead of four, and they missed that free throw. So, and, and another thing I want to point out to his credit, Charles Barkley, the round mound rebound, a proud Auburn alum who is a definite Auburn fanatic, he pointed out. Very quickly after the game that the foul called on Auburn in that last second was indeed a foul, so he wanted to point out that was not anything to be upset with the officials about what I think what most people would be upset about was the fact that they did not call the double dribble and just other i guess collapses but Bruce Pearl, to his credit, he was a southern gentleman after this loss he he pretty much said we had a great season that we he talked about his faith. Which is something I don't know if he talks about a lot, but Auburn was very gentleman-like in their loss. Now the fans, I don't know if they were. Now speaking of gentleman-like, Texas Tech, they were not fan. They were not gentlemen, Southern gentlemen in Lubbock after their win. They went and rioted to a very minor degree, but they turned over cars and they won the game for goodness sakes. So if they win tonight, uh, look out, Lubbock, Texas. I don't know what's going to happen, but come on, Texas Tech. Act like you've been here before, even though I know you haven't. (laughs) You've never played for a national championship that I'm aware of in any sport. And Virginia is playing for their first national championship in basketball. Now, kudos to the Hoos. About seven, eight years ago, they won a college baseball national championship. So that's great news if you're a Virginia fan. But it's UVA and TTU tonight From U.S. Bank Stadium in the college basketball national championship game. Cannot wait for that to come on TV and have Jim Nance on the call. And then Jim will shuffle on over to Augusta for this week's Masters coverage. More on that in just a second speaking of texas tech it was patrick mahomes the former texas tech red raider quarterback who helped inspire the team heading into their game against michigan state and i don't know if he's going to have a chance to do that before tonight's game against virginia but sure enough mahomes fiery speech to the team helped texas tech to that 61 51 victory on saturday so perhaps they'll get him to come back and do that in the locker room tonight now we do have an injury As Chris Beard's team, he has an injury in Tariq Owens, and the starting forward for Texas Tech is expected to play in tonight's championship game, so that's good news. He's in a boot but is expected to play for Texas Tech, Tariq Owens. Good news for Red Raider fans. Now to other college basketball news. Woo pig, you got a new coach, as Arkansas has hired the head coach of the Nevada Wolfpack, Eric Musselman, He's going to be taking over in the Ozarks, and this announcement was made on Twitter over the weekend from A.D. Hunter Urechek for Arkansas. In fact, Hunter Urechek put out a tweet that included the coach in there with his family, and they were all wearing T-shirts that had Razorbacks and family on there. Musselman, 54 years old, he led Nevada to three NCAA tournament appearances in four seasons and has done a great job. They were back in the – NCAA Tournament this week. Of course, he replaces Mike Anderson, who was fired from the Hogs last month after eight seasons skippering Arkansas basketball. Hiring news from the Atlantic Coast Conference, as Virginia Tech has found their man in Spartanburg, South Carolina, after many years leading the Wofford Terriers. Mike Young, a native of the Commonwealth of Virginia, is going back to his home state to be the new basketball coach at Virginia Tech. Remember, Coach Buzz Williams had been in Blacksburg and had done great things, but left to go to Tech. Texas A&M over the last few days and now Wofford's coach Mike Young moving on to Blacksburg and a guy who had done a great job at the SoCon School in Spartanburg the Terriers had a, a remarkable season should have gone to the Sweet 16 missed out in that game against Kentucky but a great great season for Wofford and now the Virginia native who had been at Wofford in some role since way back in 1989 is now taking over for the Hokies in Blacksburg. Now to NBA news here in our weekend review, and it is getting crunch time for a couple of teams with Southern connections in the NBA. And the reason is, right now this week is the final week of the regular season in the National Basketball Association. And in the Eastern Conference, six of the teams know they're going to go off to the playoffs, but there's still some questions about Seeds 7 and 8. And you've got a couple of teams fighting for these last two positions. Orlando, the Pistons, you have the Charlotte Hornets, and the Miami Heat all jockeying for those 7 and 8 spots. And here's the the good news. If you don't make the playoffs, then you'll be in the lottery, and you have a chance to pick Mr. Zion Williamson, of duke fame so right now this is the final week some teams have games on tuesday and wednesday and it's a nail biter only about a game to two games depending on which team you are separates the leaders heading into this final two days or three days in some cases of the association's regular season again the teams who still have a chance a fighting chance in the eastern conference the magic the pistons the hornets and the miami heat western conference that's all been decided And the final couple of seeds that made their playoff debut for this year, the Thunder and San Antonio all going to the Western Conference playoffs. So that's a quick update on all things NBA. Now, we're not talking about the Civil War here, but it was brother against brother in Bristol, Tennessee on Sunday. Kyle Busch was the winner at the Bristol Motor Speedway, but he had to beat out his brother, Kurt to win the NASCAR race on Sunday. And, And now Kyle... He got his third cup win of the season and his eighth overall at Bristol and 10th this year, spanning all three of NASCAR's national series as he beat out his older brother. And who said, if given the chance to Sunday's race, he would have wrecked him so that Kurt Busch was one the one celebrating in victory lane. I don't know what, what he's talking about there, but Kyle Busch, his brother came up and hugged him after the race as they won at Bristol. in this big time race on the half mile oval there, Kurt Busch, a six-time winner in Bristol, but now Kyle, the winner on Sunday in NASCAR. To the PGA Tour, and congratulations to Canadian Corey Connors. He picked up the win Sunday at TPC San Antonio as he captured the Valero Texas Open. He got a $1.35 million paycheck for his first PGA Tour win, and this was a big-time win and a big-time upset for Connors. He actually went to San Antonio last Monday and had to qualify to even enter in this Valero Texas Open, and he goes from that feat to winning the darn thing. He bested Charlie Hoffman by two strokes, Ryan Moore, and Brian Stewart also in the top five. Siwoo Kim, who had an ace in the tournament, he finished in a tie for fourth. Strillman was in sixth place at the Valero Texas Open. Now, that was the precursor to this week's Masters that event going on starting in Augusta on Thursday with the first round. You've got the Par 3 contest on Wednesday. It's the biggest week in golf, and a reminder here on the Y'all Show that we'll be joined later in the week by Jason Nall, Executive Director of Southern States Junior Classics, and he'll have our Masters preview, and that'll be on Thursday, and then we'll have Jason back on Friday with a quick update of the first-round results. On the Friday edition, he'll be able to talk about what happened on Thursday in the first round from Augusta National. So if you like golf, this is a big-time week. Speaking of Augusta National, this past weekend, they held their first Augusta women's amateur there in Augusta, Georgia. And congratulations to Wake Forest golfer Jennifer Cupcho. She trailed by two shots going into the round at Augusta National, but she came out on fire. She nailed a bunch of birdies in the back nine. And she won, and she becomes the first winner of the Augusta National Women's Amateur. She's a Colorado native. She's the defending national champ of college golf, and she won Augusta, the first woman to ever win an event at Augusta National. Jennifer Cupcho, a demon deacon, and she's expected to turn pro after the college season winds down in May and June, and a commanding performance by this deak at Augusta National. Well, that's our sports recap from the weekend. When we come back, we'll be joined by Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Tocopola. It'll be some darn good stuff. Don't you go anywhere. This is y'all with your host, the General, John Rawl.
1: Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room.
2: Car repairs. (sighs) Moving expenses?
1: give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 6565 when applying. That's avant.com, promo code 6565. Avant.com code 6565.
0: Continuing on with the Y'all Show, talk with a Southern accent here on this Monday edition. And it's time for the Teller of Tales from Taka Pola to join me, John Rawl, here on this all-Southern program. Jerry Short's now going to join us. And Jerry, we are the show that talks with a Southern accent. And speaking of accents from this part of the world, boy, we lost a great voice over the weekend as we announced in Hour One in our headlines from across the Southeast, On Saturday, former U.S. Senator from South Carolina, Ernest F. Fritz Hollings, died at the age of 97. He was one of the longest-serving senators in U.S. history. He retired back in 2005, and he actually ran for president once on the Democratic ticket back in the 1980s. He served... 38 years and two months in the U.S. Senate, making him the eighth longest-serving senator in American history. He was a South Carolina governor from 1959 to 1963, and just a, an incredible voice. And we're going to get a sample of what Fritz Hollings sounded like in just a second. But, Jerry, how are you doing? How's the voice of Takapola?
9: Well, uh, I've got a little cold, but it's probably still got a deep Southern drawl dialect yeah i would would hope so anyway we'll we'll work with what we got to work with today and A little cold and some chit-chat.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know if Ernest Hollings had a cold all the time, but I'm not joking. He had one of the most distinctive Southern voices out there. I used to record him when I'd see him in Congress on C-SPAN back in the 90s. I'd record him just to kind of learn his accent, and I have failed miserably. Even though I grew up two hours away from his hometown of Charleston, that area that he's from, the low country of South Carolina, specifically Charleston, it has its own unique accent within the southeast and I, I thought jerry maybe for the audience to understand what in the world we're talking about why not right. go back to some audio i found from about eight years ago senator hollings did an interview with c-span and here's a little sample of this what i call one of the greatest voices in the south who was silenced <laughs> over the weekend at the age of 97 senator ernest f hollings of south carolina
11: once you get rid of the money <laughs> then you'll have the bipartisan uh, Again, rather than the partisanship. Uh, I'll never forget when I was running uh, this last time in 1998, they had a fundraiser downtown uh, for my opponent, <laughs> and I was running for reelection. And all the members of the Commerce Committee that I chaired, I always looked out for them. I learned in World War II you look out for your man, they'll look out for you. And so I was looked out for them. But all the Republicans went down to the fundraiser, save Ted Stevens. And I said to myself, well, if they want to get rid of me, I want to get rid of them. And you're out collecting money for each other, and, and that's the partisanship and everything else. They, we, we got a, a money game going on in Washington that the press hadn't taught. We got a trade war going on. Every country in the un- world is building up the economy, except the United States is emptying it as fast as it can to India, to China, to Mexico, uh, to Vietnam, and everything else like that. I mean, all you got to do is, where's Intel going? They went first to Ireland to forego the 15% tax and the European Union. Then they went to China. Now they're in Vietnam. And they're using my technical training. We got the skills. They'd say, whoa, we, 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 there are two million jobs out there, but we don't have skills. I'd send them to South Carolina. We we got the skills to make Boeing's Dreamliner and, and automobiles for BMW. We got training skills. Every state's got training skills. And, and we can train them up. and. Anytime, short time and everything else, like as Washington is the trouble, and they play in a game.
0: And that from C-SPAN, an interview, Ernest F. Hollings, Fritz Hollings, as he was known, gave to C-SPAN. That was done about six years after he left the U.S. Senate, where for many, many decades he was in Congress, but he was always the junior senator of South Carolina because he served behind a guy named Strom Thurmond, and so even though he had been in there like 30-plus years, he was still the junior senator from South Carolina, but we lost Hollings over the weekend. The longtime Democratic senator and governor at one time of South Carolina was 97 years old when he died on the, on the Isle of Palms just outside of Charleston. And Jerry, Senator Hollings and myself had a couple of similarities, one of which we were both from the state of South Carolina. We were both graduates of the Citadel. But maybe more importantly, hey. Ernest Hollings and I were one of the smallest minorities there are in the South. Are you ready for this one?
9: Uh, I think I'm here. go ahead.
0: We were both Lutherans.
9: <laughs> well, in the South, yes, I guess you're right. We're not, we're not talking Wisconsin or
0: no, or No, it's pretty rare to find a Lutheran in the South. And uh, Hollings and I were in that category, although I really never met the guy. In fact, Jerry, you'll appreciate this. Back in 2000, 2001, I shouldn't be saying kind words about Hollings today because he didn't help me out. I tried to get a direct commission to the U.S. Navy Reserve, oh, man. and I asked for his help. And he sent me a letter back saying he didn't help. He wasn't going to help me because he only helped people that he actually knew. I'll be dog.
9: Well, that he actually knew. Yeah. I don't know how to take
0: that. Yeah, I mean at least he got back with me. But
9: yeah, he got back with you. And maybe you should have went to Thurman.
0: I did, and (laughs) Thurman wrote me a letter on my behalf. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, I knew he would. Yeah, and Thurman was about uh, probably twenty years older than Fritz Hollins, but what's his hometown? Thurman is from Edgefield, South Carolina. That's where he was. You
9: know, there's two dialects that aren't real close to each other. No, if no. He's, and they're from the same state.
0: Yeah, and, and that's what I want to talk to you about is dialects with you here. As If you heard, just listening to Ernest Hollings there, Jerry, I mean, he, he pronounced words in a very unique way. And like I said, I grew up two hours from Charleston, which Charleston itself has its own unique accent. And then that area of South Carolina, the low country, has a unique (laughs) accent. But there's certain pronunciations that are different 20 miles away from Charleston. And I'm envious. I love that accent. And just like Mm -hmm. I love some of the other regional accents within the the region of the South, we have sort of our sub-regions that that I wanted to talk about since we're the the show that's all about the Southern voice. Well, you know
9: what I think? I think, you know, like First one that comes to my mind always is Louisiana. You know, it's kind of like you were saying, the high country and the low country, and they have a little different accent because I think it's because of what started out there. Maybe that started out as cotton country. You may have had people speaking in a dialect in that industry or area or whatever. Even the, I think even the weather I've read somewhere can have a, have a turn on your dialect. Because it causes your vocal cords like minor <clears throat> kind of messing up now. I said, I said, I had a cold, <laughs> but you get down in Louisiana and, and you know, the Red River kind of splits the state of Louisiana north and south, and it's two different worlds. Yeah, you, know, you would not know you're in the same part, but if you get on down in that French Cajun dialect. And, um, like I was thinking a while ago, you know, even when you're down in that French Cajun, uh, Cajun dialect, the Mississippi River splitting that into. And you jump over on the east side of the Mississippi River, and the people over there, they'll laugh at me from being from Mississippi and say they talk like someone from New York. They think they have a New York dialect, English dialect, a New York City bro, in other words, or something. But then you go back across the river, over in West Wego and Homer and Thibodeau and back down through there, they talk with a, a, a more of a broken Key French Cajun uh-huh. combination accent that uh, you really have to listen real close. You did years ago. I it kind of gotten away from that over a period of time. When I first went down there in the '60s, you know, I'd have some. I speaking. I speak in English to some. They still like to talk French mostly, and they would say, mm, "I forgot. He's not one of us." <laughs> i working with him, <laughs> and, but that's the way. That's the way that dialect will do. And you go on out in Texas and you know how it'll, it'll, it'll clear up and they'll drop a draw, but it'll still be southern, but it's smothering, it's southern with like it's got a, you know, more of an English dialect connected with it than it would do with a French Cajun Acadian accent over in Louisiana. And that's just stepping across from say Lake Charles across the Sabine River on down, say, far as. San Antonio, Austin, where then you start getting a little mixture of uh, Hispanic in it, too, and that'll twist the dialects up. So I've, I've been in a lot of different places and seen a lot of different accents, but ours is unique as a whole, I find. Yeah. Probably more so than
0: anyone. Well, one of the reasons I wanted to bring on this spotlight on Senator Hollings and his death and his voice is because even for a diehard Southerner like myself, I mean, this guy just had such an awesome voice that if, if he was wowing me, good Lord, what he would do to the average person who was not around the Southern accent. Now, Jerry, you mentioned the great state of Mississippi and Sovereign State while we're at it, too, and yeah. there is a humongous difference between the old North Mississippi hill country accent, and what goes on on the coast of Mississippi.
9: Oh, tremendous. I mean, it's, it's two different worlds also. Like I said, the Red River splits the other one. We don't really have a river. We have kind of a timber line, hardwoods and pines, and just strictly long uh, leaf pines on the coast and in the coast itself. And then New Orleans sp- uh, spreads on over to the Mississippi Gulf Coast and goes on to Mobile really also. really, And then up our way – we may have a little Tennessee twang. I'm not really sure. Do you,
0: do you, when you talk about Tennessee, what is your definition of the twang of Tennessee? Is it consistent well, throughout the state?
9: No, no sir. I, when I talk twang Tennessee like us more so, I would say uh,
0: – Like us. You think I got a twang?
9: Well, uh, from South Carolina, I don't find your accent much different than North Mississippi.
0: Are you calling yeah. me a Yankee?
9: No. (laughs) I'm talking about the part that uh, you're kind of in between the lowlands and the edge of the mountains, the Smokies. And it kind of bleeds into you both ways that way, which I think, and a lot of it depends on what kind of education you have. You know,
0: what's funny about that, Jerry, is I literally grew up in the middle of South Carolina, which is halfway between the mountains and the ocean.
9: That's true, but it's still, you know, it's kind of like in Mississippi. Once you leave Hattiesburg going south at another 100 miles, it's a uh, completely different world almost. Yeah. It, it turns into. So you, I find you do too. Yeah. You
0: got a different accent in Memphis than you will find in Knoxville in your experience?
9: Oh, yeah. Memphis is a spillover of uh, Arkansas, uh, you know, the Delta part of Arkansas, even the Boot Hill of Missouri and all of West Tennessee, and maybe a little bit of. Uh, western kentucky it all kind of spills in together at say that it landed the peabody hotel and that's what william faulkner said that mississippi began in the in the lobby of the peabody hotel
0: yeah but he said it was the mississippi delta from the peabody to
10: vicksburg
9: that sounded better on print in print i think maybe Mm. than it sounded to the ear when he said that but (laughs) anyway it was it's a it's different now you get on over in the mountains and when i you know Years ago when I would go to the mountains over that way in in the Smoky Mountains, it was more of a really uh, mountain uh, mountain brogue kind of. You know, I say brogue, dialect, whatever you want to call it, but it was more like that. It was unique to that area than any other area. It was more like a moonshiner, (laughs) moonshiner's uh, English, you know, and that's kind of how I took that part of Tennessee. You know, that far as the hill people themselves,
0: yeah.
9: not not other people that had moved in and were working on atomic bombs and things up above
0: oh, Knoxville. Oh, Chris. Jerry, have you had experiences within the South now? I'm not talking about when you travel out West or up North, but in the South, have you had an experience where you have either had a hard time having people understand you and or you've had a hard time understanding others?
9: Uh, You know, it depends on how far you get out of the South. Now, when you go to Florida, you, it's hard to really tell because they've had so many snowbirds move down there, and they've blended their their, their their accents are completely different than it used to be, the way I used to find it in the panhandle of Florida anyway. But when I've gone around, now, when I've gone out of state, definitely, I mean, it's almost, if you'd let it, it would embarrass you because they can't understand you.
0: Uh, out I mean, of, you, you said out of state. Do you mean out of the South or out of,
9: out of, yeah, I, I'm calling it. We're all on what, 13, 14 states, something like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah when, when
0: you go out, we're, we're our own country, state. Jerry, we're our own country now.
9: I know. And I, I still am. I ain't lost for war yet, but well, we, we, um, uh, when I've been out in Oregon and Washington state and places like that, I've had a friend of mine's a principal of a high school in Jackson, Mississippi, <clears throat> excuse me. And he, uh, <laughs> he, he made a few orders one time, and they laughed at him so much, they kept coming back out, and they even sent a bottle washer out to listen to his talk. So I just started dragging it out and making it with a deeper, deeper molasses sound. And, and I mean, they they he got where he wouldn't even order anymore. I had to order for him. But, huh. you know, you wouldn't think that would happen in the United States, but it actually, it does. And, and how I really found out, coming back through uh, Medford, Oregon, and stopped and went in a restaurant and i was going to order for us and, and this girl uh the, the hostess she sat us down and then another waitress came over and she started ordering and understood every word i said and never did ask me any question at all about anything and then i said how come you understand everything i say and she said well the hostess has set you down i'm from texas and she knew I, I would know what you were saying so uh those things do happen but you know, you ask about in, in our part of the country and it's getting that way in some of these big cities where they're starting to talk it, that, uh, it's getting, uh, the dialects kind of getting all mixed up like Houston, Texas and San Antonio, Texas. And sometimes you'll have to, if you're at a, if you're going through a, a drive through or something, it's like they have a hard time sometime understanding me, like they would say in Shreveport, Louisiana. You know, yeah. I don't see any difference in Shreveport, Louisiana, than I do in North Mississippi or Eastern or Western South Carolina. I find those to be about the same. So any, anyway, it's a uh, it's uh, it's unique, and I think it's unique. And and you know, you're talking about like uh, the governor that unfortunately we just lost. Uh, you know, he had a really good education and. Uh, because I understand he graduated from the Citadel.
0: Yes, he did. And Class of so, 1942. Yeah. <laughs> he served in World War Two. also. Want to make sure we point that out.
9: Yeah, that's it's good. And, uh, anyways, he, you know, he had a really, he had a good, a, a real good feel for the language, for the Queen's English. I guess we might go that far and say that. But, uh, it's still the other bled over into him. The dialect bled over into him, which gave him a really, a more so unique, dialect i think and you'd find them on a lot of people and I, i've listened to some old tapes of uh barnett which i've met barnett and uh, i was the governor of mississippi one time. and uh jp coleman uh had him sue me one day you know, he was actually <laughs> suing that a, and so i sat across the table from him and went in the courtroom with him, but uh his voice was nothing like uh fritz's yeah. you know it, it was really a, a different uh a voice uh JP Coleman, but you know, he I, he grew up in Ackerman, which is in north central Mississippi, mm-hmm. and it might have had a little Indian draw in it, maybe just a little bit, but very little. So, but he did. As a matter of fact, he dated uh, my aunt when he was at Ole Wow. or was at the University of Mississippi. Yeah, you had. Uh, I, so I, I got off. I got international paper out of that cut across the line jam.
0: speaking of Governor Coleman of Mississippi and the former governor of South Carolina from the late 1950s early 60s Ernest Fritz Hollings, who died over the weekend at the age of 97. Hollings went on from being the governor in Columbia to being South Carolina's senator for decades, and he just died over the weekend at age 97. When we come back with Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola, since this is a guy who was the governor of a state in the South in the 1950s that just died this weekend. Hard to believe. I'm going to talk to Jerry and kind of pick his brain about who else were governors in the southeast when fritz hollings was the governor of the palmetto state see if he's got any recollections of these other governors see if any other governors might have sued jerry at some point in his life (laughs) (laughs) we'll tell you about it when we come back as we wrap up today's y'all show
7: hey dad want to shoot some hoops
0: In a bit, buddy. I
6: promise. Allegra knows that allergy symptoms can get in the way of enjoying the moment.
7: I'll just play by myself.
6: For outdoor and indoor allergies, get Allegra. It's the fastest non-drowsy allergy relief. It starts working in one hour, helping you break through your worst allergy symptoms with continuous 24-hour relief.
2: Yes! Great shot, buddy. Let's play another
6: game.
7: You're on, Dad. Get
6: Allegra and get back to the moment. Among single-ingredient OTC-branded oral antihistamines.
5: Use as directed. You're catering a wedding, and the bride says,
7: Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events.
5: Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 7474 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 7474.
3: music rolls, and the Army Navy's got old Jackie soul, down on Peaches Corner there are good old boys, and the Mother Fletcher's making lots of noise, they're dancing, shagging on the bulletin bar,
0: a very good South Carolina theme song here on this Monday As we remember the life of Senator Ernest F. Hollings, who was known as Fritz and served in Congress for decades. And as we saluted him in the previous segment, had one of the great voices out there. And sadly, one reason I'm bringing this up here is because of television, because of radio, and because of shows like The Y'all Show, perhaps even. Many of our great dialects of the South have become kind of endangered, and I hope that particular brogue, as he might pronounce it, instead of brogue, he would probably have called it a brogue, it survives here in the Southeast. This is the Takapola Teller of Tales, Jerry Short, joining me, John Rawl, here in our final segment of the Y'all program, talk with a Southern accent and much, much more. And Jerry... Ernest F. Hollings was the governor of South Carolina from 1959 to 1963 when you were just a little bitty baby, Jerry, and he he just died this weekend. Hard to believe he was elected while he was in his 30s. And so even though that was some 60 something years ago. He still was alive until this past weekend, dying at the age of 97 on the Isle of Palms in the Charleston, South Carolina area. So, Jerry, it got me thinking, as someone who was alive in those days, you, um, I want yeah. to kind of rattle off our southern governors that were okay. alive alongside Ernest Hollins in 1959. And then I want you to go back here, if any of them strike a bell with you, I want you to kind of... uh chime in okay the governor of alabama in 1959 when ernest hollings was sworn in as south carolina's governor was jim folsom i think that didn't he have the name big jim folsom
9: big jim you got him i remember him right. i was starting to learn politics about 58 57 Go ahead.
0: all right alabama jim folsom arkansas orville Fabus
9: uh absolutely he stayed seemed like he was in the office over forever with
0: yeah, I think Arkansas didn't have term limits in those days, not that I, I think a lot of states may no, not have had they them.
9: Did, they didn't, because I think he had three terms in a row. Really? If I'm not mistaken.
0: Okay. mistaken.
9: They may have even actually had a two-year term at one time. Okay. One state did. Go ahead.
0: Next state, Leroy Collins. Does that name sound familiar?
9: Leroy Collins. Is that uh, – That's Florida yeah no we didn't i tell you it's
0: almost like florida wasn't the uh uh vacation paradise probably wasn't i doubt without air conditioning as much as it is now a lot of people didn't go to florida and this was (laughs) pre-disney world too by the way
9: that's right absolutely
0: now the next governor i know because just like ernest hollings he was a citadel graduate and he was the governor of georgia marvin griffin he was a staunch just like a by the way every single governor in the south in 1959 minus west virginia all 15 of the 16 governors were all democrats absolutely and the governor of georgia was marvin griffin who had been in bainbridge georgia which is right on the florida line in southwest georgia and he had been in world war ii like a lot of these folks and was a newspaper publisher. He owned a radio station with the call letters W M G R in Bainbridge, Georgia before becoming a governor. Do you know what the call letters W M G R stood for, Jerry? W
9: M G R.
0: In Bainbridge, Georgia.
9: K- 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 tell me quick
0: before what? you sponsor canceled me. <laughs> AM 930 Bainbridge WMGR stood for Marvin Griffin Radio. He named the radio well, station I mean, after no. himself.
9: See, we had a, uh, uh, a timber nursery there, International Paper did and I'd go to Bainbridge occasionally. I remember his name, but I didn't remember that part. Go yeah, ahead.
0: That's a contemporary Christian station down there. But right. Griffin is famous. You might remember this as a little lad. He's famous because of college football. It was while he was governor of Georgia that he prohibited Georgia Tech from participating in the 1956 Sugar Bowl where Tech was going to play the Pitt Panthers, who had a black player named Bobby Greer, and a huge dilemma ensued. And I think Georgia Tech ended playing in the game, but it was a one of those 1950s controversies of integrated teams playing against each other.
9: Yeah, I, that went on into the 60, but I didn't know it ever. I, that was That's way back. I didn't know about that one, the 56. Was it Georgia
0: Tech? Yeah, Georgia Tech, and, and a lot of their players were upset, and a lot of their yeah. fans were upset. The governor implored teams from Georgia not to engage in racially integrated events which had black citizens either as participants or as spectators. So if there was one black person in the Sugar Bowl, they weren't supposed to play in the game.
9: Well, I mean, that's for sure because it was that way. Uh, it happened at Mississippi State and at Ole Miss, one in basketball, one in Yeah, football. but it,
0: somebody in the stands, I remember you told me that at Ole Miss, they even had a black section in the north end zone or something like that. For At
9: black. Ole Miss, they did. At, at Oxford, they uh, – up in the, – where the uh, – where the field house was, he you come down some steps and walk down. and didn't have end zone in that end. And they had some like, high school bleachers that were about 20 feet wide and about 10 feet tall. Uh-huh. And that's where the, uh, the Afro-Americans that uh, worked on campus, uh, that's where they would come sit.
0: Well, that might explain why Georgia Techs never played a game in Mississippi. Even when they were in, all in the SEC, they didn't play in, in Startville, nor did they play in Oxford the true. governor of speaking of sports this guy is a legend in the bluegrass state happy chandler was the governor of the commonwealth of kentucky what do you know about chandler? chandler
9: most things i remember about chandler is kentucky derby okay it seemed like in every year when they run a kentucky derby it seemed like he did something there and and uh he, he had something to do with uh starting the race or something one year i was listening to it on the radio
0: he was the second commissioner of baseball after Kennesaw oh, Mountain Landis. How about I that? Think
9: I, I think i heard it. You and he was you. the
0: 44th and 49th governor of the Commonwealth of Kentucky and was a senator from Kentucky during World War II. But I know he's recognized throughout the Commonwealth and Kentucky. I, I think there's some kind of connections with the Kentucky Wildcats, with Chandler, but certainly a big well, it
9: is. I remember him. I remember him and Kaywood Ledford were. I've listened to him interviewing before. Okay. Yeah, on the radio. Now, another, did the
0: another governor that you probably have heard of once or twice was part of the famous Long family. Earl K. Long was the governor of Louisiana in
9: 1950. Oh, the Longs, Huey Long, Earl Long. Now Huey, uh, of course, you know he was a governor. He got killed in office, but
0: Mur- I had he a was boss. assassinated.
9: <laughs> yeah, well, both both ways worked, I guess. But he, um, he, I had a, I had a boss that. They had a farm next to him up in North Louisiana. You know, he was from North
0: Louisiana.
9: Right. He was. And Earl was just, he kind of rode that coattail when you think. I would think so. Okay. And uh, one, did you mention Buf- Buford Ellington?
0: Uh, I haven't yet. Uh-huh. I'm going in alphabetical oh, wait, order. Wait, if you'll, if you'll bear with me here, the governor of Maryland in that uh, time period was Miller Talls. The oh, aforementioned J.P. Coleman was Mississippi's governor, of which you ended up getting into a lawsuit, you claim. Or is that fake news?
9: No, this uh, uh, we, we had somebody, uh, one of our loggers cut over, international paper loggers, cut over the uh, line on a private landowner. And private landowner had a friend in Texas that was good friends with uh, J.P. Coleman, and he got him to represent him over here in this part of the world. How about that? And so I, I had to sit on the stand to explain what the problem was.
0: <laughs> mm. James T. Blair was the governor of Missouri. North Carolina's governor in 59 was Luther Hodges. Oklahoma, Raymond Gary. South Carolina was Ernest Hollings, who, again, we're saluting with his death this past weekend at the age of 97. The governor of the Volunteer State was a Mississippi native, Buford Ellington. I bet you ran across him once or twice. yeah, I've
9: uh, dealt with his family on it. He had a 1,000 acres of, of uh Pasture land and uh, timber land in uh, Holmes County, which is Lexington, Mississippi, where I had that, heard that name today somewhere. They had uh, uh, hail the size of eggs in in Lexington, Mississippi today. So that huh. <laughs> so was pretty unique. But anyway, now he uh, he moved on to another state. I, I think he
0: married up and lived in Marshall yeah. County. I think I'm right on that. Somewhere south yours. of Franklin, yeah. uh-huh. Tennessee, in either uh-huh. Murray County or Marshall County. And that's why he small, resettled there.
9: And he, uh, but they kept his place down at, uh, in Holmes County. Okay. And, uh, he, he was selling timber off of it up till he died probably. Okay. Because I was dealing with the fam- family in the seventies on, on the Buford Ellington place. You know, while we, what we're talking that Buford Ellington from another state, being a governor in, a, in another state, uh, You know, that seems like this happens so much more frequently now than it used to. And I don't know if I'm so much for that or not. I mean, you get senators that somebody just moved to an area, a district, and they'll end up being a senator or they'll end up being a congressperson or they'll end up they'll being a governor. I know the Rockefellers came to to probably the next governor after, uh, mm, I don't know, maybe after all the was Rockefeller. You know, right? One of the Rockefellers, he came and bought a mountain down in the Ozarks, and he become. So I mean, that just don't seem real
0: southern to me. <laughs> I call that carpet bagging, but that's exactly Hillary, Hillary that. Clinton did the same thing in New York. She really never even lived in New York, and then decided that she wanted to be a senator from that state. And,
9: Absolutely, and there's a bunch of them, man. And you know we got a senator now that's moving around. It's run for go for president and everything else, and he ended back up in Utah. So he. I don't come. even know
0: if he ever lived there officially. Yeah,
9: I'm wondering too. I don't know if he ever did, and I. But he got elected easy, and yeah. And there's another case of a carpet bagger being a carpet bagger from Massachusetts <laughs> to Detroit to California and back to
0: Utah. You're right on that. The Texas governor in 1959 was Price Daniel, a name I don't mm-hmm. recognize. Governor of I the Commonwealth either. of Virginia was James Lindsey Almond Jr., And West Virginia's governor in 1959 was the only governor in the entire 16 states of the South that was a Republican. And keep in mind, in 1959, we had a Republican that was in the White House in Dwight D. Eisenhower and a very popular guy that most of the South voted for. And the governor of West Virginia was Governor Cecil H. Underwood. So 15 Democrats, one Republican in 1959. Of course, I know things were a lot different in those days. These are all white males that were all leading their states. And it it was definitely a different time. But hard to believe that this very weekend we saw the passing of Ernest Hollings, who was governor of South Carolina in 1959. And that man who was in his 30s at that time, just lived till this week and died at the age of 97 where most of these other governors from the jp coleman's of the world to the marvin griffins of georgia to the folsom's they've been dead for decades and governor hollings was with us until this very last couple of days
9: he's the last one then right that i would think so it. i would think so i can't even go back to the 70s and think of one hardly yeah most you know? of our
0: governors have been gone many many Jimmy many years.
9: about the longest yeah and
0: he was governor in georgia in the 70s uh, that's
9: what i'm saying he was about the last one yeah it was and i can remember even my life
0: that's right today
9: but it, uh, you know young people got so much more interested in politics in those days and you know we'd go to the park and stay all night and wait till the votes come in and put it up on a big black chalkboard and cover the whole end of the park and Somebody would be on a ladder, and they'd get a phone call, and it's a, so-and-so's got another 50 votes, and there'd go the chalk, and boom, boom, boom. And we'd stay up there all night. Returns come in on everything, but people don't do that anymore, and kids don't do that anymore. Maybe maybe we should.
0: Well, you're the reason the whole country's gone to heck, Jerry. If y'all had still been doing that and made, made all of us young people out there do that kind of stuff, then the country would be a lot better off. I'm blaming you for all of our problems.
9: Well, if I could dig us out of this hole, I'd
0: start digging right now. Go get your shovel. Well, Jerry, thank you. We enjoyed talking to you. And again, we remember the life of Ernest F. Hollings, longtime U.S. Senator from South Carolina and a former governor of the Palmetto State from 1959 to 1963 when Jerry was out chasing the teenagers around his Takapola land. Governor Hollings was taking care of business in Columbia.
9: Thank you, John. I All look right. look forward to talking to you next week.
0: Yes, sir. Have a good week. And everybody, have a good rest of your day. We will be right back here on Tuesday with a great show. Speaking of South Carolina and politics, we have a very special guest coming on Tuesday's Y'all Show in our political report, Antoine Seawright, a Democratic strategist. He is often on CBS, and he's going to be coming on to talk about the presidential race of 2020 and some lizard stick it restaurant tips. All that on the Tuesday edition of the Y'all Show, our very special political spotlight. What's going on on the Democratic side in 2020? both from a presidential standpoint and across the region. Antoine C. Wright will tell us that's all tomorrow, plus we've got all the good sports news and more. Oh, and by the way, we'll also talk about tonight's big college basketball national championship game between the Hoos of Virginia and the Guns Up crew from Texas Tech. All that on Tuesdays, y'all. Have a great rest of your day, y'all. And
3: caller number nine, For one million dollars. Rita, complete this quote. Life is like a box of... Oh, I know this one. Chocolates. Uh, you're cutting out, Rita. We need your answer.
5: Uh, oh my goodness. Life is like a box of
3: chocolate. Uh, Oh, sorry. That's not what we were looking for. On to caller number 10. Oh
6: Bad network got you glitched out of luck? Switch to Boost Mobile's super reliable, super fast nationwide network and get four lines, each with unlimited gigs, for just $100 a month. Plus, get four free phones. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save.
4: Offer ends 4:15 19 First lines $100 a month. Lines two to four free. Requires one line to port in. Video streams up to 480p plus. Music at up to 500 kilobits per second. Gaming it up to two megabits per second. Data prioritization during congestion. Free phones require port in. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restricting supply. See dealer for details.
10: Allergy sufferers, my name's Nigel. As a wise and educated owl, I know the difference between what's wise and unwise. Suffering needlessly with allergy symptoms, unwise. Getting a free 10-day sample of Zizol, quite wise. Zizol is the allergy medicine that's just as effective at hour 24 as at hour 1, which makes getting a free 10-day sample one of the wisest things you can do. So don't be unwise. Be wise all and visit Zizol.com for your free sample today. Users directed.